The Consultant is a thriller black comedy starring Christoph Waltz on Amazon Prime. The series was created and written by British screenwriter Tony Baskeloff, based on the 2015 novel by Bentley Little, and takes place at the workplace of a mobile gaming company. On this podcast, we like to discuss the latest installment of a different series every show. The pilot here is called Creator. You're listening to today's episode. So there are four people who are most responsible for this show. The star, the creator, the author of the original book, and the director. And I have a game here where you get to guess which fact isn't real. One fact per person. Okay. Ready? Writer and creator Tony Baskeloff, he also created The Servant and Hotel Babylon, uh, is cousins with Macaulay Culkin and originally wanted him to play Rupert Grind's character on The Servant. Number two, Christoph Waltz is actually not just an actor, but also a trained opera singer. Number three. That sounds that sounds true. Okay. <laughs> that's not I like I almost want to say that that's one hundred percent true because he did acting kind of late, but go on. Okay, Matt Shackman, director of the first episode and executive producer, has directed everything from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to Succession to Game of Thrones. Was originally set to uh, be the director of the next Star Trek film before dropping out because of scheduling. Is actually signed on to be the director of the new Fantastic Four movie coming out in twenty twenty five. Making a new one, <laughs> maybe. Okay, and the last one is the novel the book is based on written by bentley little writes all his books by hand instead of using a computer and he's written a lot of books okay i'm gonna say that the second and third one are automatically true and if i have to guess which one is false i would say so you're saying that the uh, you believe the fantastic four movie is going to happen yeah all right i mean because i think i heard it would about be the it. third reboot in like what 20 years i'm gonna guess that the first one is false <sighs> The Macaulay Culkin related to Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, that's yeah. true. There, I mean, that's that's false. You're right. Um, <laughs> he did create uh, Servant and Hotel Babylon. Hotel Babylon is a show from a really long time ago that was on the BBC. On the BBC. But one thing I wanted to point out about the Fantastic Four movies is that fans are campaigning that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt play Reed Richards, uh, Mr. Fantastic, and Susan Storm, Invisible Woman, but also that uh, Zac Efron play Human Torch. Why? Why Zac Efron? They just think it'd be a good setup. You know, I, yeah, I, I, the more you're talking about the Fantastic Four movie, the more I remember hearing about it, and I was very disappointed that John Krasinski wasn't going to be playing Reed Richards. I know they also have, like, the They hang, haven't confirmed who it is. They, well, I know that he said that, like, I don't think he was going to do it, but Hangman from Top Gun Maverick, I know, is set to be in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's funny you say the thing about, um, like, the guy directing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia films, because this films? TV show because this tv show starts off and right away i was like oh this feels like mythic quest which i know stars one of the actors from it's always Mythic quest is a super light comedy isn't it yeah exactly and that's what this starts out as that's what i thought was like a silicon that's what i thought was going to be because i heard the name the consultant and i was and i saw christoph waltz was going to be in it and i was like oh this is going to be some type of action tv show but we start off with like a group of kids visiting this uh like video game app facility called compware it's a high-tech facility and there's multiple tv screens and coders and assistants and workers and there's even like some corny jokes that are being thrown 
thrown in. We're introduced to two likable leads, Elaine and also Craig. And you recognize them, of course, right? Yeah, Nat Wolf, I recognize. Nat Wolf from Death Note, from Fault in Our Stars and Naked Brothers it Band. It is always funny seeing him just in anything now because, yeah, I watched Naked Brothers Band when it was back on Nickelodeon. Also, his brother has become famous as well. They're like, they're very, they're one of the very few actors who started off being like child actors for, for like Disney shows or Nickelodeon films and then actually got a big career later on. I don't know if that's true, but you're saying that they started in Disney and launched? I yeah, mean, Nickelodeon. Uh, Ariana Grande, right? Yeah, but then okay. like... Selena Gomez? Yeah, but like the brother, the brother was in Hereditary, right? He was also in Old, and then you have Nat Wolf. I think he was in Paper Towns, mm-hmm. and then now he's in this. It's just... It's... Well, no, I think he was in Paper Towns. I think Nat Yo, yeah. you were saying Nat Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Brittany O'Grady, also we've seen her before in Little Voice. She was the star of that, the Sarah Bareilles oh, show okay. from New York. <laughs> I, so yeah, I she plays Elaine, he plays Craig, and they're just hanging out doing their job? Yeah, I mean, Elaine is, uh, she calls herself the creator, creative liaison of the company. Wasn't really sure what that meant, but basically she's the secretary the for the CEO of uh, this incredibly successful person named Sang, who created Compware. Apparently when he was 13 years old, he like was able to make his first very popular game. And ever since then, he's gotten like 37 million downloads on the original game. He has like over 100 games on like the Apple market or whatever. How do you find out all this information? The, she's telling this all to the kids that she's escorting around the company and she's showing them all the coders and everything so so like the first three minutes i was like all right so this is not what i thought it was going to be (laughs) this is completely different and then what happens but craig comes up the stairs he starts talking to elaine because uh the kids have gone into the room to meet sang the runner ceo of the company and uh and craig is like yeah i'm going to pitch this new game and i was enjoying it and then suddenly five gunshots ring out inside i was like so there was no foreshadowing of that (laughs) no none of that at all and so elaine and craig then run in and they see a kid he's holding a, a gun kid? yes it's a kid that does it he hasn't shot any of his classmates but he did kill sang like with five bullets straight in the chest wow and he turns to them and he basically goes i want my mommy and then it goes to the intro so like he was <laughs> possessed or something oh no, no no i don't think that this show is going that supernatural at least as of yet i think well i'm just, just trying to figure out why the kid did it then. <laughs> yeah i mean and they don't really go back to ever explain really what the kid's backstory was it really isn't about that i feel like they just wanted a way to try and get saying out of the company because very soon after that very soon after the intro in a quick scene where we see nat wolf or uh, craig's character he's not able to sleep he's going for like a late run he goes back to comp where he sees that elaine is there she's taking out cameras because apparently there was a lawsuit that saying wanted to put cameras in just to like see what was Make going sure on everybody's doing the at job. the company yeah mm-hmm. um that's when we're introduced to Regis Platoff, very yes. strange name, but that's Christoph Waltz. And, he and I is... don't even think that's his name in the book, but I could be wrong. Well, we figure out why he's named that later on in the episode. But he must be one of the oddest and evil characters, aside from maybe killing people that I've seen on television. Do you see him kill people? Well, no, you don't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, everything else this character does is just strange and very off-putting and, yeah, very evil as well. Well, they said that, the director said that they just started um, with Christoph Waltz going on set and they said just you and christoph waltz said i want to see a script and he they said no just do what you would do <laughs> no it's, I'm, I'm kidding no i know but it's funny you say that because it's like i was thinking about it and christoph waltz is a great actor he plays the same character in everything yeah. even in django unchained when he plays the protagonist or he's a likable character he still has that sense of evilness he's like ron perlman where it's like even if he's playing a good character there's still some damage part but of there's him. no subtlety here there's no way that he could actually be a good guy who's just kind of being portrayed in kind 
kind of an evil I mean, sense. he starts off and you're in, I'm not sure if you're really supposed to know exactly how evil he is because he's like having trouble getting up the stairs and like Craig is helping him. But it's very, it's very soon revealed later on that like, yeah. What's he the first thing that like gives it away? Well, right after he goes up the stairs, instead of like uh, paying attention to the police tape, he goes underneath the police tape of where the shooting in the room happened and just opens it up and like starts sitting down and like opening up the blinds and there's still like blood spots everywhere. It was very, that was the- You could just be an eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe at that point, but also he like wants everyone to come back to work the next day, like mm. right after the shooting. He's so calling he's like, a 9am floor meeting. Yes. And then uh, at the end of the floor meeting, he makes like a really bad joke about saying, being sad that he missed the meeting. Those things, the one that died, and then at the very end, uh, there are some people on Zoom, and he's like, "And everyone who's working remote, you have exactly one hour to get here, or your contracts are terminated." So he's just a asshole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's a woman in a wheelchair who literally is like seconds away from getting in, and then he like locks the doors on her, and he's like, "Yeah, no, it's an hour," and she was only a couple seconds late. So is it funny? Or I would say it, so. The first twenty minutes had me. You say it's a pitch black comedy or a, a black, pitch black comedy? A black comedy? Is that, is that yeah, what you call it? Yeah, it's a black that? comedy. Yeah, like that's that's to me where that comedy kind of came into play. Just how it's strange this guy is. He's like sniffing people and he's like introducing himself and he's talking about this stench that he like can't get over. So he starts just sniffing random employees that are there. Watching corporate, I remember Lance Reddick played kind of a strange boss as well, but mm -hmm. like it was clear that he wasn't one hundred percent evil. That's <laughs> why I was wondering if they were going to try to like spin it both ways where he made friends with some no, people. No, I, I saw others. a couple episodes of corporate. I remember after we did the podcast and yeah, I remember even when we were doing it, when I was like looking up information for it, I saw that Lance Riddick was apparently studying psychopaths, but he still comes across as a likable character. Like you said earlier, Regis Platoff comes across as a complete asshole on this and thing. you just follow him right like even though you mentioned uh craig and elaine it's supposed to be basically his show well He's... actually no elaine no? and craig are the main characters for this show i'd say Good. that regis platoff is probably rightly third build even so what though... happens okay so elaine and craig they keep on witnessing this guy's crazy behavior and antics. Like, there has to be something behind this because apparently saying a couple i think like weeks before he ended up dying signed a contract with regis platoff and uh basically saying yeah you have like control of the company and like you you like a controlling stake yeah and the guy bought up the company yeah basically uh -huh. and like legal will be on your side and they're like there's this makes no sense as to why saying would have actually signed this agreement we need to figure out some stuff that is going on so Elaine and Craig, when they're out at lunch, are like, okay, we need to get our hands on some footage because possibly Regis Playdoff could have come into Compware and we could see like how that uh, interaction between the two of them went down. So they're playing detective. They're trying to figure out why their boss would have made such a bad deal. Exactly. And then what did they find out? So uh, there's this little sequence where Elaine goes into the room as Regis Playdoff is again introducing himself to the top floor. It felt like the top floor were more important people uh, in the company mm -hmm. and like sniffing them. And then she ends up figuring out the date because that's when they need to pull the footage from. And uh, right as she figures out the date, that's when Regis comes back into her room and sees her and she needs to 
couldn't come up with an excuse for her even being in there. And this is when the show for me had a turning point of actually turning kind of bad because we're about 20 minutes into this show. And isn't it only like 30 was, minutes? It's only like 30 minutes. Yeah, but the final 10 minutes I was not a fan of because it seemed like they took too many liberties with suspension of disbelief. Okay. Like the fact that Regis Platoff would even be working in that same room when there was police tape and there would be no like, I don't know, officials coming in being like, you can't do this here is already crazy enough. But then- well, usually they clean up a, clean up a crime scene. Yeah, but then what Elaine is doing is she ends up like grabbing a tissue and starts wiping the blood uh -oh. off of the off of the glass. Mm -hmm. And it's like that that literally is just tampering with evidence. Like this whole entire thing is just absolutely crazy. And she's like, yeah, you know, I, I was just trying to kind of clean up here. And then he's like, all right, well, you can go grab a sponge and grab uh, some water and, and do that. And I was like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Like literally <laughs> this thing is crazy enough. I can maybe buy for the sake of the plot Regis working in the same room. But when you start like messing with evidence, that's when to me it just kind of cut off. And it turns even crazier because then Regis played off as like, I figured out what the source of the smell was that was turning him crazy. And he's like, it won't be a problem anymore. And she's like, great. And it turns out that he's fired one of these people named Ian, one of the top four people, because he didn't like the way that he smelled. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is, is uh, Elaine, she comes in, she starts wiping off the blood. And then she uh, goes to bat for Ian because Ian apparently is a great worker. And then Regis goes, all right, I won't fire him, but he's kind of your problem to deal with. And if he smells like that again, then I'm going to fire him and you. And I was just like, what, what, what did this show turn into? Like, <laughs> it was fine when I was seeing Regis do these funny things like that were kind of evil. But this was just going like overboard. And if that's not enough, what happens is Elaine brings in this like uh, this full bucket of water yeah. and a sponge into Ian's room. Ian, I guess, was tasked with going to pick up soap. He comes back to his room, sees that there's a bucket, water, and he has, again, soap in his hands. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to have to bathe to get rid of my smell. So he starts closing the blinds, takes off his clothes, and starts, like, bathing himself. So she didn't tell him what it was for? Yeah, no, he just suddenly somehow knew. Okay. I was well, like... I somehow got it wrong. That yeah. was not what it was for. <laughs> no, and but, but this is where we figure out that Regis Platoff is not his name because apparently on the soap box it said and i have it written down here this is all an abbreviation regular u.s profit after tax official but all that abbreviated is reg u.s pat off mm -hmm. and then they do this kind of cool pan where like that uh that kind of dissolves into the door yes. that, that he got his name ran on um and at the very end of the episode elaine and craig they're going through the footage and they're uh they see that regis Potoff didn't have an appointment he was like sitting in the lobby for a full hour and when he went up to the room um, you could just see that they were talking and suddenly out of nowhere saying performs oral on Regis Platoff and then Craig is like that's how they ended yeah and then Craig was like is saying gay and then Elaine was like oh no he's asexual and that was the end of the episode what an odd thing for her to know and also for them to see again for the first two thirds it did a good job of keeping this mystery it's like I was, a balance and I was enjoying the acting one direction yeah and, and I mean maybe if this was later in the season like episode seven where it's supposed to go even crazier I could understand them doing some of the plot choices so but this is rushed. the end of the first episode so, yeah. yeah it rushed too much at exactly. the end there. what yeah. would you end up giving the episode overall uh, i would say a six out of ten because so it still passes yeah it still passes and i i think even if i were to watch maybe the rest of the season which i'm probably not going to do eight episodes i yeah i probably even rated a higher score because i the show definitely has some potential it really had a lot of stuff that i liked in the first two thirds of it it's just that last like third where i was like what is going on here this is way too crazy so like synopsis what are you 
your pros, your cons, and then... Yeah. Okay, well, a good sense of mystery. The beginning was shocking and really well done. I mean, mm-hmm. suddenly those bullets came in and I it was like, what? It reminds me a little bit of the good doctor. No, not the good doctor. Good Sam, right? Where mm-hmm. at the very beginning, her dad gets shot. Yeah, I remember you saying but that. But that one, you could almost tell it was coming. Anyways. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's short as well. Only 30 minutes. I was glad that I clicked onto this thing. I was expecting like 48 minutes, like a Jack Ryan type of runtime. It did look like that from the cover. Uh-huh. And, and it just, yeah, and it flew by. Pacing was not a problem with this show. I mean, it was rushed by the end, but there was never a point where i felt bored i was always just like there was always something that was happening and i do give it credit for that um but yeah really when i guess go to my cons it's just the fact that some of it just felt unnecessarily crazy and really it's just that last third half i could not get over was the oral that they showed like really gratuitous or was it just like in a grainy camera it it was gratuitous like in fact you can even see regis platoff kind of like really get into (laughs) it all right yeah um they've compared this show to a lot of stuff but like seven because of the workplaceness mm-hmm. and the weird strangeness of it um it could go supernatural at some point it could it could go like really science fiction well then it'd be more like servant but this which was is like this Tony's was grounded in reality yeah. yeah but you don't think that there's a chance that this guy's the devil no is is that some like type of conspiracy going on online a little bit like uh, the guy had sold his soul or something like that that could that could be it mm-hmm. i mean he does act like it but again it didn't seem like regis plot off with someone that would like kill anyone but i don't know we crashed we crashed. <laughs> no. We crashed in Super Pump. They they compared it to that because of the like crazy uh, leader of a in new the, tech company. I never saw We Crash, but in the sense of Super Pumped, I remember Joseph Gordon Levitt, kind of the uh, charisma and somewhat evilness that he had in that show. I can you can compare that to Regis, sure. Yeah, and I think this takes place in Arizona, which would be make a lot of sense because a lot of Bentley Little's uh, books take place in Arizona. And At he, the beginning, when she's escorting the students, she walks into Sang's room. We actually. Know never see saying talk we only see his dead body and that little uh thing on the camera but she says the uh the kids from glendale are here so yeah i think oh, like glendale, arizona. arizona yeah he's yeah. from mesa and other books that we've done uh that have been adapted into tv shows like the luminaries dark winds lovecraft country all of them had their authors based in the place that they made the book <laughs> yeah, so it makes right. sense and um is there is there a phoenix group no, not, nope. that, not from what I saw, at least. All right, then we'll skip over that. I know that, yeah, you said all eight episodes, or at least I saw that all eight episodes were released on the same day, and I'm glad that um, Amazon Prime did that because I don't think that this is a show... I think this show was meant to be binged. I don't know what, like, the creator said about that at all, but it seems like if you're going to watch this show, it would probably be good to do it in only a couple sittings. You did watch that other Christoph Waltz show, the Queeby one, that was uh, that they, they turned into a well, movie? Well, that was turned into a movie, yeah, yeah a couple Yeah, and weeks he plays ago. sort of a villain in that. Is his villain more compelling in that show or in this show i would say this show because this show he at least does some odd but unique tactics in the queeby movie i feel like they just needed a villain they're like let's throw on christoph walls because he's likable okay um well the overall response has been mixed to positive you do have like places like collider that loved it saying it's a never-ending sense of enigma that makes the consultant such a thoroughly enjoyable watch while you also had places like Slant, which hated it, and they said, we never see an ordinary workday, and we have so little sense of the characters' personal lives that any mention of them feels jarring. No, I mean, I, I, I can agree with that, because, again, they never go back to the kid. I feel like the kid was just there for that one purpose, and I feel like we're not going to know anything else about him. Well, there is a cliffhanger, I think, at the end that people are very opinionated about. Uh, Decider said stream it, has a 6.8 on IMDb, 
Um, other than that, though, I feel like it's. I mean, I know I gave the first episode a six, but I feel like it at least deserves a seven for the overall show. You that's, haven't seen it though. That's the okay. sense that I'm getting at least. All right. Well, other than that, anything else you wanted to add? No, that's about it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.